listening to Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, aka the Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no, we overcome their human equivalents as well, Karen and Chad. On my show, we validate vets and support staff and any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today, I am so excited to introduce Rhonda Bell. She started out as a vet assistant, but was then promoted to office manager after receiving a degree in business management. She worked as a manager for several years and finally got her certified veterinary practice manager certification, or CVPM. Unfortunately, only a year later, she experienced a heart attack and was then diagnosed with scleroderma, which hardens the connective tissues in the body, particularly her lungs. She had to go on immune-suppressing medication, so she had to, quote-unquote, retire from managing the practice full-time. But she wasn't done yet, so Dog Days Consulting was born. Now she manages social media. She also writes articles for Veterinary Practice News and speaks on various topics, including maintaining a mindset, and she's a master life coach and mom. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I've been really excited about this. Oh, I'm so glad. It's going to be it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff. So, your children, which which they're adult children, actually help you with your business now. They do. Yeah. All three of my kids work. Um, and then I also have my best friend who's my business partner. So it's kind of a family business. Oh, how fun is that? Yes. So now you don't have to deal with the crazy people face to face. You get to just kind of deal with them from afar. Except that the crazy people are my children. So I still get my dose of crazy. It's just my own kids. So I can actually tell them the truth. Oh, sure. Shoot. You know, there's that meme going around and it's like, instead of the purge where all crime is on limits, it's like, give me one day where we can just talk to clients the way they talk to us. That would be my favorite thing. Yeah. I'm actually writing an article about that, about firing clients. And it's like, oh, how cathartic would it be to tell the truth? Like, oh, (laughs) wouldn't that be so amazing if we could do that? Yes. I had a coworker one time and she was so funny. She was like, the best technician. Like she knew her stuff. She was excellent. And she was telling us, I don't know how, but we got on the subject of like, I bet you've never gotten in trouble. She says, no, at my last job, I I did. I I got in trouble. And I was like, what did you even do? She said, (laughs) she talked back to a client the way they talked to her. She says, oh yeah. She says, "I, I got in trouble. I got sent home. I got a little note in my chart. She says, but, uh, It was the best day of my life. (laughs) Yeah, so worth it. I would totally back her play. I mean, if if you're being treated like that, best of luck to you. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like you don't talk to people. Well, I say you don't, but people do it. People are crazy. So you actually, your husband was in the Marine Corps. Yes. Is that right? So it took you a long time to get your CVPM longer than... Probably most people, yeah. Right. Well, well, yeah. So for our listeners, you have to work in a practice for three years, the same practice. And you are moving like every two and a half years. Yeah. Every time I would really get a foothold in the management position and kind of get my bearings, then Jay would come home and be like, hey, we got orders. It's like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. And here we go again. So then I would go to another practice and kind of take over the management role and be like, okay, at three years, this is what I'm doing. I would tell the owners, hey, this is what I'm working for. And then he would go and get orders again. And I'm like, so finally on the last duty station, when we knew he was about to retire, I actually was working and managing two practices at that point. And that's whenever those owners were very, very invested in me and very kind. And they worked with me and we, I ended up accomplishing it. And then of course, a year later, <laughs> getting diagnosed with scleroderma, kind of like, okay, well that sucks. So yeah. So we kind of had to do a little plot twist. <laughs> Was it pivot? Yeah. <laughs> a plot about face, but you made it work. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. 
This is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. So tell me about scleroderma. I, I'm not too familiar with what exactly—I know it's, it's bad— but what exactly is it? It's extremely rare and it took forever for them to figure it out. I, I had a heart attack and back then I just thought, okay, well, this because this job is tough, like 16 hour days in a vet practice, you know, I've got a staff of 30 people and I'm just obviously killing myself. And so, but I was too young at that point to have that heart attack. I was right at 40 and the doctors were like, no way. And I actually had to prove I was having a heart attack. They ran test after test. And then it was like, okay, but why, why did you do this? So two years later, or actually a year later after that, that's when all the autoimmune testing came back and they're like, you have scleroderma. This is one of the most rare autoimmune diseases. It's a disease of the connective tissue. So basically my body creates too much scar tissue. And in particular, it's attacking my lungs faster than other parts of my body. There's little differences that I know because I know me before and I know me now. You know, I have a little bit of paralysis in my face and I notice it when I'm presenting and I can see myself. So I have to try not to look at myself because I'm like, why am I looking a little slacky over here on my right side? But it's one of those things that, you know, you kind of, to pull from my my husband's hat, you adapt and overcome. Like it is what it is. It is something that is terminal, but with the medications that I'm on and the therapies that I'm give, given, we can push that off. And we're trying to push that off for as long as humanly possible. So some people can go 25, 30 years with scleroderma and be a-okay. Some people unfortunately pass really quickly. So I'm five years in and I'm doing really well. So it's it's been a blessing because it really has it's changed my mindset on so many things. It's it's kind of been the catalyst for me to pursue other things. I went and got my compassion fatigue certification, my master life coach certification. Um, and then I also just this last year got my certified digital marketing professional certification. I don't know that I would have had the time or the energy or the mind space in practice full time to have accomplished all these things. So I have done so much with my career since scleroderma and since, you know, the, the quote unquote retirement that I feel better serves veterinary medicine than maybe I was doing then. So I really feel very blessed and very fortunate. Sure. And you're still doing such an important thing because social media, that's, that's how you market your practice. And we don't have time for it. And that's, that's one of the things that got me to do it because I sucked at it so bad when I was a manager, I really did. I just didn't prioritize it ever. I didn't think about branding. I didn't think about any of that stuff. I thought about get the doors open, get the patients in, make sure my receptionists aren't quitting on me, make sure my texts are paid, you know, make sure all of these things are happening that social media just fell to the bottom of the pile. And I knew that was a thing. So my manager friends, you know, networking is huge for me. And my manager friends all knew that I had a, a passion for making sure that practices are strong and healthy and successful. And what can we do to do that? And so they started asking me to help them with that since I was at home now sick. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll help you. And then it was another one. I'm like, yeah, sure. I can do that. And now you're like, I'm working more than I was before. Exactly. That's, that's exactly true. But I'm working on my own time in my own home. And truly, truly, I love veterinary medicine. I really do. I love everything about it. Even the things I don't like about it, I still can find a love for it and a passion to help correct things. Serving in this way really has been just amazing. So I have to say I'm probably thankful for scleroderma in that respect. Sometimes I can get a little butthurt about the symptoms and dealing with the day-to-day, but I don't know that I would have been here without that. I always go back to that and remember that that positive mindset of like, holy cow, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's one of those weirds. I don't want to say blessing in disguise because it's not a blessing, but it's a thing that has become a good thing maybe. Yeah. I, I think there's in uh, most situations, I won't say all because that's so unfair, but in most situations, you can turn certain aspects of it into a good or put it into your favor or, you know, I like to tell some of my branding clients that, you know, whenever you are in a job that you don't enjoy 
or that you're in a practice that you don't like the manager or that you don't like the practice owner. You're not completely stuck. Even if you can't make that change in that job right now, start rebranding yourself. Start looking at other ways that you can bring in additional sources of income that free you up from the sense of being trapped. And so we kind of we kind of tackle some of that. And that's the same thing with anything you do. You're not 100% trapped unless you believe you are. So you can you can change that mindset. Ooh, that's good. That's good stuff. I heard a little rumor from a from a little mutual friend of ours that you actually had your heart attack while you were doing payroll. Close. I had my heart attack and was put into the ICU, but payroll was due. So I had my husband sneak me my laptop so I could do payroll while I was in the ICU. <laughs> manager of the year. No, stupid manager, stupid manager, because I believed I was the one that had to do it all. And I didn't train enough people, delegate. I didn't do the smarter things that I know now I should have done. But yeah, thinking back to it is kind of funny because it's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what was I thinking? <laughs> so years ago, I had gotten hurt um, at work. I was restraining a cat. It had been given... I don't know the brand and I don't know that we're supposed to say brands anyway. So it was given a a tube of dog flea and tick medicine. So the cat's seizing, you know, and I'm trying to hold it and it's jerking everywhere. And the doctor's trying to stick it with a stylet and the stylet hit hit me. And it was like this freak thing. It hit me like right in that little weird vein in your, your hand. And my hands swole up and I had to go to the emergency. It was like this whole thing. And I could hardly talk. And my mom comes in. She's like, baby, are you okay? And I'm like, "Is how's the cat? <laughs> my mom's like, fuck the cat. Are you okay? I'm like, but that poor cat, it's not its fault. So it's funny, the things we'll do for, for vet med and for our friends and our, our people. Because we're so passionate about it. I think people that are drawn to veterinary medicine are, they're a special weird breed of animal. And I totally relate to it. And I am one. And I'm the same way. I thought of my team, my payroll, and then, you know, some of the clients that I treasure like, oh, but only I can hand her her dog food like I do it. You know, it's just, it's just those little things. It's like pretty probably egotistical now that I think back on it, but it was that emotional connection that I had. So, and then, yeah, you do, you, you get these, I'm sure you have clients that are your clients that are you know, kindred spirits or that you're connected to, you understand their personality. They're your people. And so when you have those, you just, you know, you kind of treasure it. It's true. It really is. We will have, and it's so funny because when I first started at this new practice, there's people who don't, you know, who didn't know me. So they didn't want to talk to me at all. You know, they would walk right by me and go to my coworker. And I'm like, I can, I can make your appointment too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would be happy to sell you a flea pill if you would like to come over here. But it's, it's exactly what she said. They think only this person can do it or only this person knows how to schedule my boarding for my dogs. And so it's people yeah. are fun. And we get into that comfort zone, unfortunately. Sure. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with some more Rhonda Bell. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining, continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit myvetcandy.com for more information. Welcome back, everybody. So we have Miss Rhonda Bell here, and she was just telling us about all of the interesting things that she has heard as a manager. So I think we all, because this is this is the Dusk Winch Confessions. So I think we're all interested in what's what's the tea? Did you get a lot of employees coming to you bickering about each other? You got all the angry clients. You got you got all of the tea. I was trying to think back whenever you and I started talking about this. 
I was trying to think back because a lot of my memories are the frustrations. They're not ones that I can really equate to being funny. I do have several that are actually funny that just kind of bring a chuckle back now, but it some of it was kind of tense and tedious. I mean, in the moment, it's stressful. It is. It is. I mean, I had a, a team try to stage a mutiny and and overthrow my regime. And it was like, oh yeah, yeah, they just they decided that they could manage better. Kind of what it boiled down to really is they didn't like a lot of the policies and procedures that the owners were putting into play and they thought it was me. That's just miscommunication and me miseducating them and, and kind of missing an opportunity to explain things better. Again, lessons learned, you know, that kind of thing. So, and it's, it's not funny now, but it's one of those, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a little bit of humor, a lot of stress, a lot of angst, but it was such huge lessons learned. But I was thinking back and the funniest story that I have was in the very beginning of my career and I was a veterinary assistant. I had just gotten my business degree and the practice owner said, okay, well, you have a business degree, so you're now the manager. And I'm like, okay, that was all the qualification I needed. Yep, that's all I needed to run an entire veterinary practice. That was a little stressful in and of itself. She said, well, we're going to deal with this client, that this couple that have been difficult in the past. We're not expecting difficulties, but I just want you in the room. So that way you can just kind of be there just, you know, as a second set of ears. So I was still her assistant and playing the role of manager, backing the doctor up while we were doing this. It was a surgical release. So we're in this room. You know, the doctor and I are on one side of the table. The the findings from the surgery is an obstruction surgery. The findings are on the table. We kind of have it laid out in front of us. And we're explaining to the husband and wife on the other side of the table in the exam room exactly what it is we found. And so as we're we're going through everything, your pet's doing great, you know, recovery's going well, all of these, you know, the normal things when we're releasing a surgical patient. And we say, you know, hey, we found these red panties. This is the cause. It was, you know, some lacy thongs and, you know, the wife was quiet and the husband was quiet and they're just kind of nodding and looking. And then all of a sudden the wife just turns and she absolutely uppercuts the husband, like hit him so hard that I heard his teeth clank into the, the roof of his mouth. And he kind of stumbled and was stunned and he, and he kind of slid down the wall right behind him. We were absolutely just floored. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, they don't teach this in business school. So now what? And so all of a sudden, the wife just kind of turns around. She grabs her purse and she looks at the doctor and I, and she goes, those aren't my fucking panties. <gasps> and we were like, oh. <laughs> so she stepped over her husband and left. Bad bitch. Yes. So I'm like, more power to her. I love that she just did that right there in front of y'all. And I like to imagine she just had a straight face and was like, okay. She was so cold and so calm and cool about it. So, you know, she knew she was expecting it was, yeah. Oh, she, she put it together pretty quick. Like you could tell the little tumblers were just like, you know, the, she didn't hear anything we said. All she saw were those underwear and she knew they weren't hers. So yeah, she just left. I wonder what the guy was thinking. He's probably thinking, oh shit. Yeah, it was bad. And it was just one of those like, okay, do we release the pet to him? Like, what happens now? Like, because he's kind of stunned. You know, he's not really, can't really drive. Oh, okay. So so they haven't, they don't have their pet yet. That you're, you're discharging them. She punches him. She leaves. He's there. And you still have the dog in the back. Is that, oh, yeah, wow. We haven't even gotten to that point. So lesson learned from that is we don't actually show the findings, you know, we don't tell them like uh, it was some fabric of some sort. You know, we just kind of, we don't give them the evidence unless they specifically ask or if it's something like a hair tie. But if it's something like underwear or something intimate, no. We tried to be a lot more vague, but honestly, it never happened again. But it was just one of those, okay, how would we do this? I know that's that's my favorite part of any kind of obstruction, you know, foreign body is being like, look, this is what it was. And I'm gross. So if my dogs did it, I'd be like, oh, what is it? I want to see, you know, let me, let me look. And so we're always showing people, I can't imagine <laughs> being someone else's underwear. It just never occurred to us that, that that would ever be a thing. Yeah. And you're probably going and thinking they're hers and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be kind of embarrassing, poor thing. You know? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, nope. Yeah, we had just, I mean, assumptions all over the place. Like, oh, no, it's a husband and wife. Of course it's hers. Yeah, except it's not. And I honestly don't remember the the outcome or if we ever even got to know the outcome. I think at some point, 
honestly, I don't even remember who, what happened after that. Cause I was just so, you know, my, my trauma picture in my head was just him kind of slumped on the wall and just kind of sitting there on the floor. I mean, he never lost consciousness, but that was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah, He was so stunned and just kind of, you know, wobbly on his feet and, and dazed and confused. And then he kind of came back relatively quickly. So I might've even excused myself at that point just for, you know, to give him a little bit of privacy, but yeah, it was like, Oh, you can't even make this stuff up. Like (laughs) this, these stories are just like, what? So yeah, that was the most memorable one for me. Yes. We had a guy today, actually, our technician comes out the room and she's like, you know, you can tell someone's upset. They're just flushed there. She's like, oh my gosh, what happened? The two dogs, someone brought in their two little Yorkies, did their annuals. And she comes back in the room and she's, hey, great news. Heartworm test is negative. So you do want to make sure you keep them on some prevention. Here's what we recommend. You know, just the normal stuff. The guy goes, don't you fucking dare tell me what to do. (laughs) She's like, okay. (laughs) She says it was just like this. We're like, it was like some kind of trigger for this guy. Like he just flipped when she was like, this is what you you should do or something to that effect, you know. And the wife was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was just like, what the heck, people? We had one lady who, the same doctor actually early on in my career, the rooms were kind of tight. And so we were trying to angle to get to where we could do this physical exam on this really large dog on the floor. And the owner really wasn't giving us any space. So the doctor had no choice but to kind of just squat down in front of her, kind of between the dog and her and just try to, you know, get a a grasp as she could, you know, listen in and see what was going on with the patient. And the woman starts saying, I can't believe she stuck her butt in my face. What am I supposed to do? This is so offensive. This doctor just stuck her butt in my face. And she's literally having this bitch fest about it in front of us, but she's not talking to us. She's the only one in the room with us. There's no one else there. And she's having this full-blown tirade about how rude it is that, you know, her, this doctor's butt got stuck in her face. I'm like, do we talk about it? Or, and so, so the doctor's like, I'm very sorry. I just need room to be able to, you know, deal with your pet and to be able to get a good physical exam. And she continued to talk to herself. She would not actually talk to us. So, you know, to this day, I don't know if there was some mental illness there or if it was just a inability to handle confrontation or, you know, a, a awkward moment. She just didn't know what to do with it, but it was just one of those kind of creepy too. Cause we were like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine she thought she was like on the office, you know, where they kind of like, it, it pans out and they're in the confessional. And they're like, I can't believe that happened. Maybe that's what she thought. <laughs> Maybe she was in her own reality show, you know? Oh goodness. Do you get a lot of, or did, well, did you get a lot of drama? Like, did, do you feel like you had more drama with employees or with clients? Employees, easily. I had a few knockdown dragouts with clients. One of them actually resolved kind of interesting because this lady was, she wasn't difficult. She was particular. So she was very nice, but she was just particular. And so we would board her pets quite a bit. And in one particular instance, she believed that the pet wasn't given the bath on the right date. Like she was very specific and we're like, no, we really did. But your pet's been playing in water and, you know, but we'd be happy to redo this bath. And she was really, really angry and upset. And I was talking to her and throughout the conversation, she said, you know, I don't really have a lot of energy or time to have to go back and keep repeating these phone calls, which she did not need to repeat the phone calls. So she's like, I have scleroderma and this just really wears me out. I'm like, wait, what'd you say? And she's like, yeah, I have scleroderma. And, you know, went on, I'm like, I was just diagnosed last week with scleroderma. And she's like, no kidding. And to this day, we are good friends. So it's just one of those, she immediately kind of got over the, the nitpicky and went into this mentor coaching role for me because I was a new scleroderma patient where she has a few years under her belt So it was just one of those, you know, reaching out and connecting with people and you never know what's going to happen whenever you just kind of are listening and communicating. But most of my drama was definitely, definitely with my staff. I mean, I used to have spouses that would come in and sit in the practice while the, the spouses were working and kind of just sit there for eight hours. And we had to put a stop to that. For eight hours? Like the whole shift? Yeah. 
Why? I don't know. Get a hobby. Go do something. Like, leave. That's a little scary. It's not like you have time to... Who does have that time? I mean, just, yeah, it was a little strange. And then I had one technician who, no matter what, there would be drama for the day. And it would be just... I mean, I can't even remember specifics because literally it changed every day, but it was just these really elaborate drama stories. The problem is, is they were all true. So like how much random weird stuff could happen to one person is just unbeknownst to me. Like at one point we thought she'd gotten beaten up and I was very concerned and we were kind of putting into play, like, are you safe? You know, is somebody doing this to you? Because she came in with a black eye and a bruised arm. And I mean, she looked like she'd been beat to hell and she literally just tripped down the stairs and it took her forever to convince me that like, no legit, I promise. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, what do people say? I fell down the stairs. Right. But she literally was a klutz and fell down the stairs and stopped her fall with her face. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So just weird things like that where, you know, she broke her ankle cause she stepped off the curb and it literally cracked her ankle. And I was oh, like, no. who does that? <laughs> like her, that she does that. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets. Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. so funny. There's a word for that and I forget what it is, but it also kind of goes to people that like like the technicians that are on call and when they're on call, crazy stuff happens. Or that one doctor whenever they're by themselves, that's when all that stuff's going to happen. It's, it's like it just attracts chaos. It's like, no. They're not even making it up. It's not like it's, you know, they're lying about it or, you know, embellishing. Nah, that stuff was 100% true. So That's so funny. What? Well, Bless her heart. And uh, I love that she she really did fall. I don't love that she fell, but I think it's so funny that she really did just fall down the stairs because I bruise super easy. So uh, my husband will play fight with me and I'll be like, that's going to bruise. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, it really, it's already bruising. Look. And uh, one time I went to the doctor and I had been roughhousing with one of my brothers and he'd grabbed my arm. So I had like a handprint, like fingers on my arm. And they were, I think they were about to call the cops and like make me stay there. They thought I was, you know, a domestic abuse victim. And I'm like, no, it's, it really, I really was just playing with my brother. Like, I think he threw me down a water slide or something. I had a, I was helping restrain a large German shepherd. And for whatever reason, he was able to kick up his back leg and kind of got it in the underside of my arm and scratched. And it was just, I mean, that's like your sweet meat, man. That, that hurts right there. So I had four, what looked like fingers going in a bruise right there because it, you know, the nails and just scratched and, and it took me, I told Jay, I'm like, you're going to be in so much trouble. Like people are going to hate you. <laughs> so, cause that's what, I mean, that's what immediately what people will think is like, are you unsafe? What's happening here? Right. And listeners, if you are unsafe, please reach out to somebody. That's absolutely we're, we're joking, but by all means, if you are unsafe, please, please get help. So did you get a lot of clients complaining about bills? Cause I think we all get this. And sometimes us in the front can kind of break it down and be like, well, this, 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 you know, maybe they didn't quote you for this medication or we can usually figure it out. But sometimes it escalates and then who does it go to? It goes to you. Yes. Yeah. I got those. We had our, our little line of attack and, and the front team was absolutely amazing. We had a lead receptionist who was fantastic and she could disarm really angry people pretty quickly. But I did get some of the ones that were just too far above and beyond. One of my best characteristics and my biggest faults is that I'm pretty honest and transparent. So if you ask me a question, I'm probably going to answer you because I'm assuming you want to know the answer. What? Uh-oh, that's not why people ask questions. In particular, I remember one did the whole, well, you're only in it for the money. Always. Always. So I turned around and, and was just kind of like, you know, absolutely. That's exactly why we're doing this. You know, 
I have a team that I have to pay. There's bills that have to be paid. There's patients that have to be cared for. There's supplies that have to be purchased. So absolutely, we are in it for the money because we have to stay open so we can care for your pet. They were kind of stunned because I just kind of turned it back around. Like, I mean, there wasn't anywhere else for them to go. So I learned back then. And even now, I, I when I'm working with practices, I tell them, don't be afraid of that. Don't be emotionally hijacked by that. You know, if someone says that you're only in it for the money, sure. Yeah, that's important. I mean, why do you go to work? Do you go to work for free or do you go to work for a paycheck? So absolutely, you have to be in it for the money to stay in business, to continue doing what you do. And workers, you know, I love my job. I do. But I have to make money. Like he said, I have to make, I have to take care of my pets. And someone, someone's got to buy these Red Bulls. I mean, come on. Well, it's like when you go to the grocery store, you're not going to just say, hey, give me this food. You're only in it for the money. Like, uh, yeah, if you want the milk, buy the milk. <laughs> I don't apologize for business anymore. I don't apologize for, for charging because you have to be in it for the money or you can't be in it for anything else. Right. It's true. And that is, I, I absolutely hate telling people, we can't see you if you can't pay your bill. You know, it, it breaks my heart, but it's, you can't. If you utilize those resources and those resources are so tapped out and gone, then whenever you do have that next patient come in, you're not going to have them. You have to triage your your resources. That's part of business. And that's the, the hard part about what we do because we have such a emotionally driven field, but there's money attached. Always and everything money. You know, a lot of clinics, and I'm sure y'all did this too, if you come in and you say, look, I have this much money I can spend, we're going to try to help you. We're going to do what we can, what's going to be best. Like you said, triage stuff, you know, what's most important. So we've talked about the tough stuff. What's your favorite part of management? It's still the people. I mean, veterinary medicine is a people business. I know that people assume that it's the animals and, you know, I love it because of puppies and kittens, but it really is a, it's a people business. So being able to work with people and now on my side, not being able to be the management face or the client facing side of it, now being the team side of it or the, the CE and the training and the coaching and the teaching um, and trying to help teams figure out how to do it a little bit better and maybe sustain themselves mentally and emotionally. I'm really invested in making sure that veterinary folks, receptionists, kennel, like everybody, not just the doctors, because doctors get a lot of play. I'm looking at everyone in the veterinary practice that are you building a sustainable career that can nourish you emotionally, nourish you spiritually, nourish you financially? You know, is this something that is good for you that you are going to grow? Because if you're happy and you're doing well within that career, then you're going to make veterinary medicine better. It's twofold. You know, it's a cycle, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So talk to me about time management. What what <laughs> I have on my notes, WTF even is that? It's definitely tough. I I probably have, I had time management issues in practice and even now as an entrepreneur. I would say even more so because I don't have a boss that is looking over my shoulder. It's me. So it's one of those that, you know, when you're managing multiple brands, multiple clients, multiple things, Honestly, I always go back and it's, it's, I don't even know where it came from, but I just always knew it is that, you know, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. You have to eat it one bite at a time. So one thing at a time, don't, don't look at the mountain, start looking at the steps at the bottom that you can start clearing up and, and doing. So that's how I approach my time management is I break those projects into sections and bites that are doable instead of looking at this whole big picture. And often when teams look at the daily schedule and see all the appointments coming in, they look at it like, holy cow, this day is going to suck. But if you look at it appointment by appointment or 15 minute block by 15 minute block, it's not quite so overwhelming. That's true. And that's very good advice. I know just this morning we were, we were like, oh, this morning's not too bad. And then we scrolled up to the afternoon and it was just a wall of appointments. I was like, no, what are we going to do? But yeah, it's it's true. And when you have a good team and you have good doctors, good managers, it, it you make it work and then it's okay. Tell me about your canning. So my dumbass, when I read canning, I was like, she likes firing people? That's horrible. <laughs> 
And then I was like, oh, like jams and jellies. Okay, that's better. I like that better. Yeah, it's my hobby. I actually do a lot of gardening. And so we end up with a lot of fruits and vegetables and that sort of stuff. And I actually saw you on TikTok several months ago because I started a TikTok channel and it's on canning. And I thought, I'm just going to test this out. I was actually testing the market for my business. And I thought, okay, what can I do that's harmless that will stay completely away from veterinary medicine so I can test the platform itself? And so I thought, well, I personally like canning. I like preserving food. So I was like, I'll just do that. So I did a video on canning hamburger meat, just basic, simple. And it got so many comments and so much engagement. I was like, wow, this TikTok's pretty cool. Like that was pretty instant gratification. And so I did another one on canning chicken and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you can do this. And the thing that I found is there are so many people who are beginner to canning and beginner to the concept that I explained it and broke it down step by step and answered their questions without making them feel stupid that they were drawn to the channel because social media is toxic. I'll be the first to admit it's flat out toxic. And especially on TikTok, people are not nice. And I had a lot of people who were not nice in my comments And, you know, you just kind of kill them with kindness and move along. But they were really appreciative of of the fact that I was teaching them how to can on TikTok. So like in within a few short weeks, I had like over 6,000 followers and just all kinds of interaction on it. So, yeah. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy Life is a talk show hosted by well-being gurus, Dr. Quincy Hawley and Renee Michelle. Each episode features expert tips, lifestyle advice, and real-life experiences from the most interesting people in the world. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. TikTok is fun, and it's a... It's a black hole, too, because if I'm ever like, oh, well, I don't have to do anything for like an hour, I'm like, oh, I'll get on TikTok, and then it's been two seconds, and oh, here we are. Exactly. It is a brain suck. Yeah, you you can definitely get lost, and there's just so many, and that's how I came across some of your stuff and some other really funny veterinary ones that are just, you know, people making fun of themselves and making fun of veterinary medicine, and it's just funny, but there's a lot of people who are kind of icky about it. So yeah, that's how I got into caning on TikTok. <laughs> I love that. And I, I didn't know you could can meats. Like I know nothing about canning except that I open it, I pour it in the bowl and then I eat it. That's that's the extent. Part of my illness is I have to think smarter and work smarter, not harder. So if I pre-cook a bunch of hamburger meat or beef stew, then I can it. And then on the nights that I'm too tired to cook after I've worked all day, then we have a home cooked meal and it's my food. Like I already cooked it. I just didn't cook it that day. So it's one of those little things that made sense to me to do. I just never thought anybody else would be interested in it because it just didn't resonate. So I was kind of surprised. And a lot of people, whenever I told people that it's because I have an auto, because they were asking me why I do certain things. Like I can't hold things with a certain grip. So I have some kitchen tools that help me with that stuff. And they were like, why do you use that? Why don't you do this? I'm like, well, because I can't, I have a disability. So I, this is my accommodation for that. And when we got to talking about it, a lot of them, like, oh my God, so do I. And so many people started sharing their diseases, their I sounded bad, but their their conditions and <laughs> that's what friends do. They share diseases, you know. <laughs> so, but it was just one of those like really beautiful things where people were like, okay, I have this or I have RA and that would really help me in the kitchen. I didn't even know that existed. And it was just really cool. So it's like those life hacks that you see and then you're like, what? You can do that? That's a game changer. Well, like the syringe thing that was going around TikTok where you can draw up liquid or water in a syringe and, and melt a capsule. Dude, do you know what that would have done in my career whenever I was teching? Like, oh my God. Because <laughs> how many times did I sit there and shake a syringe trying to get the, the medication to dissolve? Mm-hmm. Try to get the hot water and then you got to leave enough air and you got to shake it. That is such a pain. And then you get the dogs that will eat the pill pocket and leave the pill. And it's like, come on now. It's not going to work if you don't take it. 
Yeah. My dog even does that. I mean, you think that after 15 years of doing this, yeah, he will, I put it in a piece of cheese cause that's really what entices him. And he will literally, I watch him, he's sucking the cheese off the bill and he goes and spits it on the floor. I'm like, you little crapper head. So like, do not make me peel you. You don't want this. So <laughs> you do not want that. We had a dog and he was my husband's best friend, but he was such, he was such a shit. Like he ate two, not one, two window units because I had locked him in the back room because I don't know, company was over or something. So I'd put him in there and I go shut the door. He tore like ate the window unit and got out. He ate an entire chicken carcass and he just did all kinds of bad things. <laughs> but um, he, I forgot, I forgot where I was going with the story. One time he had blowout diarrhea and it went up. I don't know if he backed up to the door or what. He was a big old shepherd mix. He backed up to my, my closet, not my husband's closet, my closet, and just spray painted it. I'm like, what the fuck, Beowulf? Why did you do that? <laughs> but he would not take his heartworm pill, no matter what. Now I remember about the story. To the point, my husband even put chili. And I'm like, no, please remember what he did to my door. Don't give him chili. But he put it in chili. And he's like, there's no way he's going to smell it. Like, he's just going to eat it. And yeah, no, he's still. Yeah, they are amazing. They are amazing little buttheads. This, my oldest pug, he's 16 months old. And he spits it out every single time. And I'm like, okay, so I crush it. I mean, I'm pulling out all the stops, trying to get this stupid heartworm pill down his freaking gullet. So yeah, he's a butthead. Yeah, but he's cute. Absolutely. So before we exit, I have, usually I like to do a would you rather, but I found this one I thought was more interesting and it's what would you do? If you were the dictator of a small country, what crazy dictator things would you do? Mandatory coffee breaks in the morning and then mandatory wine breaks in the evenings. Oh, and mandatory naps in the middle of the day. <laughs> Where's your country? I'm moving there. I know, right? I'm like, ooh, this place looks really good now. And everybody has to be nice. You have to, you have to deliver a shit sandwich if you're going to say anything. So it has to be nice with your shit in the middle and then nice on the end. <laughs> okay. I thought that you were talking about like, if you get caught being mean, you have to deliver a literal shit sandwich. No, you have to deliver your bad news in the form of a shit sandwich. I like that. Yeah. Good, bad, good. Oh, I've never heard it called the shit sandwich. I've heard it called the compliments. Welcome to management. Oh, well, I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. What would be your strategy for a zombie apocalypse? Okay, so I have actually planned this one out because, and this is kind of a little bit morbid, but it's my truth, okay? So bear with me. Because my lungs are bad, I can't run. So what I will do, and I'm also a chunky girl and I'm from the South. So I probably taste pretty good because I've been totally braised in butter my whole life. So what I will do is I will sacrifice myself to the zombies, keep them busy while the rest of my family can get away because they can all run. They're very athletic. <laughs> well, that's noble. <laughs> and it's over because I don't have to keep stressing out about them or I'm just going to go sit on my roof. <laughs> For sure. Depending on what kind of zombies, too. It's like, okay, are these bioengineered, like, viral zombies? Or are they your classic zombies? Can they run? Are they literally... There's so many factors to this. Yeah, and are they super gross and slimy? Because I don't like slime. No, I can't do the smells. Like the decomp and the, the sloughage. Yeah, so, yeah, that's where I would just totally be like, no, okay. I'm too busy for this. I'm just going to go ahead and lay down and let them have me. And you guys just make a run for it. Best of luck. <laughs> That's what I have done with every stressful situation in my life is just be like, you know what? Nope. And then lay down. <laughs> I'm taking a nap. I don't have time for this. It is nap time. If you were a transformer, what vehicle would you turn into? I would totally be Bumblebee. I like Bumblebee. Because he's so kind and he's a good friend and he's supportive, but he can kick some ass when he needs to. Yes. You seem like you could kick some ass. Yes. I have never had to, which is very, I'm very thankful for. But people are totally convinced that I can and I will. And I will if I, if I had to, but I've never had to. So that's good. But yeah, I would be, I grew up on Transformers. Like as a little girl, my parents literally would give me Transformer toys. Loved them. The old school ones where you have like each individual piece. Yep. Loved it. Wish I had them now. I'd probably be pretty wealthy, but 
Yeah, I would be Bumblebee. I've I've also thought about that one. Like, hmm, who would I want to be? Because there's Optimus Prime, but he's kind of obvious, you know, like everybody wants to be the leader. But no, I would be Bumblebee. Just the guy sitting in the garage talking to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I could see that. I could definitely see that. If you could put wings on any species of animal, what animal would you choose? I would say a pug because I think it would be super cute, but then they would run off and like be out of control because they're pretty good as a couch potato. I don't know if we want them mobile with wings. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Definitely not cats because they're already shitheads. Yeah, little ninjas with wings. That would not be good. That would not be good. I don't know. I can't think of it. Like maybe a sloth. That would just be kind of bizarre and funny. And I love sloths. So yeah, maybe. And that would help them out too, because they are so freaking slow. They get stuck in the road sometimes. So giving them some wings, give them a little bit of oomph to get across, that might be good. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to be really dumb and I'm going to say bulls because Red Bull. So like a bull with wings. And plus it would be really pretty and it would be like this amazing Taurus thing. I don't know what it does, but it's pretty. Unless they get mad and want to kill you and then they can fly and get you. I'm in Texas and so there's cowboys around. So you got to think about that stuff. Yes, yes. I'm in I'm in Mississippi and there's cows everywhere. Cows intimidate me. I just don't know a lot about cows. Really, I think they're so sweet, but bulls kind of scare me. Yeah, bulls are bulls are kind of bad. Bad bad business. <laughs> so before we go, do tell me about your business. You have Dog Days social media management. What so so tell me what it is. What 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 do you do? The down and dirty, we create social media posts and content for veterinary practices. So if for your veterinary practice, if you hired us, I would create an editorial calendar and I would be posting to your Facebook page and your Instagram and your YouTube channel content that I created for your practice, but it would look like your practice is doing it. So I create completely custom stuff. I don't do any cookie cutter. So it takes a little bit longer, but there's not a website that you go click on here. I'm going to put these things out and your neighbor has the same stuff. You will be the only one that gets what we create. We are a little bit different in that way. So that's the gist of what I do. We do social media management and we also do brand coaching. So we help. So say you, if you wanted to rebrand yourself and you wanted to start a virtual business, maybe you wanted to do anything, any start writing books, whatever. We would help you figure out what that brand is, figure out what your goals are, and then how to go about launching this particular business and kind of help get that in play for you and help kind of get you on your way. So we're coaches in that way, if that makes sense. Nice. And then you're also a life coach. I am. And I tie all of that into what we do on the branding side, because I think it it goes with that mindset management, the goal management, you know, smart goals, all of that stuff plays into that. So we kind of tie all of that psychology into what we do for supporting business, because my heart is small business. I have a few industry partner clients, but they're on the smaller side. They're not the big, huge, you know the big, huge industry partners. Um, they're the the smaller guys here are fighting for their little foothold in the industry. That's where my heart is and that's where my passion is. So that's where we we tend to stay and we'll probably stay. And that's our niche. Yeah, I can only imagine what an amazing job you do because you are so awesome. Like you have really just risen above this shitty situation life has thrown at you and you are kicking its ass. It's amazing. Yeah, I continue to do so until they take my legs away. There's just, you know, there's there's no way around it, but through it. So how you get through it is completely up to, you know, mindset. So it matters. That's true. That is very, very true. Well, if, and we'll link it in the show notes too, but if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what are your social media? Um, on Facebook, it's Dog Days Consulting. And then also my website is is www.dogdaysconsulting.com. So you can reach me. I also, I answer my own phone. So if you go on my website and you message me, it's going to go straight to my email. Um, if you call me on the website phone number, that's my cell phone. So we answer our phones and we answer our own emails. So yeah, I can be found. <laughs> yes. So we, theoretically, we could prank call you is what you're saying. You could, but if it comes out as a spam and if you don't talk in the first three seconds, I do hang up on you. Dang it. (laughs) 
I hate robocalls so much. I do too. I've gotten to where I screen everything. I'm like, okay, hold on. What is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do answer them because I don't want to miss anybody. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to call you back. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? <laughs> do it. That'll be fun. We'll have our mandatory coffee break. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So you heard it here first, folks. Mandatory coffee breaks are a thing and they're mandatory. So spread the word. Yes. You don't want to have to serve shit sandwiches. So just just do it. Just do it. It's just easier. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, it's important to perfect your clinical skills. That's why Vet Candy created a master course in toxicology. The master course is taught by a board-certified criticalist and delivers a thorough evaluation of the science and clinical practice skills needed to master toxicology from decontamination to treatment. And when you complete the course, you receive exclusive tools to celebrate, recognize, and share your accomplishment. And what's even more exciting, the course is free and provides race and New York State approved continuing education credits. This program is brought to you by Vitoquinol. Start learning today at myvetcandy.com forward slash talks. Start learning today at myvetcandy.com forward slash TOX. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Miss Rhonda. I appreciate you so much. And this has been so much fun. Thank you. It's my pleasure. This really is a good, a very good time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks for listening. I love sharing these stories with you. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on Vet Candy and TikTok at DeskWinch. Send me your crazy stories to thedeskwinch at gmail.com. And until next time, make it a great day. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.